1: Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind, so when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. They could break here, Chelsea. This could be the moment. Frank Lampard for Chelsea. It's Calvario to his right. Lampard for the title. Lampard! It's 2-0! Chelsea's championship and 50 years of waiting have
0: come to an end. Lampard comes out to Essien. Oh, my goodness!
2: It, it's a counter Strips attack. Here's Didi the chopper, and now it's in the middle of the chopper.
1: Stretch it, stretch it, stretch it. Chelsea, too. Oh. Drop in the center! The goal just came go On back.
3: going to go going
4: to
2: i i Never ended up in and I had a in one time. The I Yo guys, Babsu from Chelsea Hour. and I'm here with some more small and intimate cars, you know, getting right into it. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go around and introduce the guys. So Dan, how are you doing?
4: Um I'm all good, man. I'm ready to chat Chelsea.
2: Let's go, man. And Brother Shemi, how, how are you doing? I'm good,
3: man. I'm good, man. I like that brother Shemi.
2: Like, yeah, man. yeah I'm, I'm feeling a bit like Lewis right now, man, because you, you guys don't even ask how, how I am. You know, it's like Everybody, 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 you know, no, asked no, the question. No, nobody, nobody cares. cares. No, yeah, nobody no, cares. No.
3: Oh, man. I, I see. like this like, international break has got me
2: feeling polite, So, yeah. Boy, <laughs> I, I hear that, man. I hear that. I'm, I, I don't know about you guys, but me personally, I'm starting for some Chelsea football club, man. Mm. But, but yeah, I mean... Today, guys, we're gonna do it a bit differently. You know, we got some listeners questions. You know, as per usual, shout out the Discord listeners. You know, them guys, they always get priority, you know, that those are like our main, like our most intimate supporting cast. The Twitter guys, you know, we still got love for you. But you know, if you wanna get you wanna get involved with in the conversations, you wanna be in there for our match lives, head over head over to the Discord. Discord. As well as that. Go on, go on
4: The Discord's the most dynamic content on Touchline. If you are listening to this, you have to be in the Discord. I keep on saying, especially if you are a Chelsea fan, you have to be in the Discord. One of the reasons why I've missed the international break, football's back, yes, but Discord lives are back. And the blood of my enemies is back. Also, when you said brother Shemi, it reminded me of the hello brothers. I cannot wait. You have to be in the Discord. Back to you, Babs
2: as Dan just said them man, you, you've got to be there. And if you really want to get involved in the match live, you know, you want that, you want them voice privileges to get involved in the conversations, you know, sign up to the Patreon, you know, su- support us. You know, we, we're coming through the content. We're consistent. We're giving you our pre-match analysis. We're giving you our post-match analysis. We've got shows such a court of agenda. You know, we've got a new show, co- show coming in, the Sky Report, where we go out and look at the, our opposition clubs, you know, for you. You know, we, we make it nice and simple for you guys. We put into a small deck, and you guys are there to enjoy. Yeah. So yeah, let's let's get let's get straight into the questions. So I'm gonna start with a really interesting question here from um from brother from Lenny from the Discord. Shout out to you, Lenny. You know, we, we appreciate you you're always supporting us. But yeah. yeah, Lenny wanted to know um if we do get Haaland, first of all, what players do you think would be most suited in terms of our actual um lineup? In terms of Like what players would we have in terms of his like his supporting cast, whether it be out wide or like in behind him in midfield. Mm. And what do you think the best tactical setup will be in general, just for him? I'm gonna start with you, Dan.
4: Okay, so it's two-part question. Brother Lenny, big supporter of this show. Haaland, if we get him um, the best players to facilitate Haaland. Listen, the Bundesliga is coming under big questioning. Big questioning. I don't know how many goals Werner scored last season, um, but it was, it was quite a lot. It wasn't like he had a 15-goal season or just scraped 20. He scored quite a lot of goals. And so Haaland coming in, I know a lot of people thinking he can't flop, but how many people thought Werner was going to flop? Not many people. And so you do have to... It's a good question from Lenny, um, because there is, it does seem there's a Chelsea number nine curse, and it's like, OK, cool. If we buy this player, we need to make sure we're facilitating him, we're facilitating him. Now, the way that I see Harlan's game, uh, he don't care about all of the possession shit. He, he doesn't really get involved in that type of stuff. He, he doesn't care. Harlan is a bully, Harlan 645 or whatever. Harlan reminds me of them guys that Rocky used to, to fight in, in them films. He reminds me of like some sort of, I don't know Arnold Schwarzenegger type, like he's a bully. He doesn't care about. He just wants to get into the box, bully defenders as fast as possible, and get his shots off. That's Haaland.
2: So, ca- I, ca- captain him Ivan Drago and them under.
4: Yeah. So I think that. Um, Enemy is necessary. The thing is, like, he's 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 good on the ball. Everybody knows he's he's not bad on the ball. Like, shout out to him. Like, I didn't think Verna was bad on the ball, so maybe we need to see him up close. But he's quite good on the ball. But you, I think you need people like a Sancho. Some people that are going to find him in the box. Now, obviously, Hudson, is quite good at finding people in the box and wide. And you've got Havertz also. He's composed and he's going to find him in the box. And Mount, to be fair, recently, Mount has shown more of the passer, more of the chance creator. So I'm not going to discount him. But I do think that um, he, he wants the ball as quickly as possible so that he can do damage because he's got pace to get him behind. And, like, again, if you're going to put it in the air, he's going to bully people. So he just needs people that are going to feed him and feed him fast. None of them dilly dallyers. Not like, like... With a Pulisic, Pulisic is going to, you know, head down a lot and he's going to just try to dribble. I think he's better served with people that are just focused on serving him the ball. And I think in our squad, I think Havertz will be good for him because Havertz is very composed in the box and he kind of looks up and then Hudson the going... And obviously Ziyech as well, because Ziyech will just feed him all of the time. So I think those three players for me. And in terms of system, quickly, before I pass it to brother Shem's system, I'm going to say this now. I feel like he's, he's fine in most systems. If he's the number nine, he'll be fine. He's, he's got enough in terms of the physique, in terms of being someone, you know, that can play alone as a number nine, but he can also play along with someone else. I just feel like he just needs to be in the box. So, yeah, system, I don't think it matters.
2: Yeah, that was interesting. And you mentioned two very interesting names there. I'm not going to mention who, but you have a very spicy question coming in for, for those two players. And we'll get we'll get there later on. So, Shemi, yeah. what, what do you think about um, the potential acquisition of Harlan and how we um, bring him in um, tactically? Um,
3: I think Dan was pretty spot on, if I'm being honest. Um, I think... He's a complete number nine, from what I've seen, he's a complete number nine in the sense that um he can he's got so many facets to his game. So his play plays there, he can run in behind, and his attack position is really, really good from what I've seen in terms of like how he operates in the box. So echoing what, Dan's, echoing what Dan said, I think um, yeah, we need people who are gonna feed him quickly if we do get him. So and I think the vast majority of our attackers, so ZH, um Hasan um Havertz, uh, I think they are quite good at doing that. Um even Werner to an extent, if they see um other opponents in a good position, they will play the pass. Yeah. Um so but particularly ZH um for the runs and crosses, because he's he box Harland's box position is really good. Um passing the doy, um crossing is really, really good. He, he he's really good at picking out um target men. And um, yeah, I think I think the vast majority of our attackers are suited to feed him. So I think the majority of combinations alongside Haaland would work, in my opinion. Um and in terms of um system again echoing dan i think um because he's so complete from what i've seen um i don't feel like he'll struggle in any in um any system to honest. i feel like he can play alone he can play as part of a two um yeah i think i think he really is the complete package so yeah that, that just, that's that's You, you it?
4: just wasted the last 2 minutes by saying what i said all right, so I'm going to edit that shout. I'm joking. But listen, <laughs> what Mount as well, though, actually thinking about it, when Mount's in the box, he might have his head down and he might make the wrong decision. But Mount will be good for him too, because especially when he's deeper, Mount is urgent. Like, Mount for England, he was making everything happen because he's mad urgent. And that's what Haaland likes. He likes it. Give me the ball as quickly as possible whilst the defence is destabilised so I can make the most of my bulliness. My bullying. But then, yeah.
2: Yeah, so I, I I like both of yours, but I'm, I'm gonna throw a bit of a spanner in the works. And I'm gonna say, um, you know that we we've, we've 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 joked about it a lot in terms of Bundesliga attacks, you the High Lines and
4: that league.
2: Perfectly That's... personally, personally, I didn't really I don't I don't believe in it as much. I feel like if you're a good player, a good player, mm-hmm. but I want to look a bit more into like Haaland, like internationally, see how like he deals with a yeah, deep block. And I watched his and I watched um, one of his last three games against Gibraltar. Mm-hmm. Which, is, which was quite painful, I won't lie. Mm-hmm. But one of the interesting things to see there was, as clinical as we, we have these jokes, that, oh, you know, he's a robot, he's this and that, he missed quite a lot of chances in that game. Mm-hmm. And looking at the other two games that they played against him, Turkey and Montenegro, he didn't, he didn't bag in those games either. And yeah. he's one of those players where we have to ask the question of, if he's not scoring, is he going to be doing the, the other jobs? And I know you guys are going to say that, yeah, know he's going to guarantee the goals, but do you guys have like a bit of a worry that when it comes to the low blocks where teams are like, teams are probably going to be like, okay, this is Haaland. We're going to have to really like put him up against his job here. So do you think he's going to struggle with that? Or do you think his mentality is in a place where like he's just going to overcome adversity?
4: Listen, the problem is these, these pods are recorded. Okay. So a lot of people are going to be safe and you say, of course he can flop and stuff like that. Um, I think, listen, I don't, I don't particularly want Harlan like that. Everybody, I've been saying it from the beginning it's not that go on
3: yeah same same
4: yeah it's not that I, I don't think he's a good player I mean I, I don't think I don't think he's a bad player and if he's here then cool because he seems like he's I think physically a lot of people are looking forward to that you know what I'm saying the the last two strikers that have done really well at Chelsea they've been physical like a Costa like a Drogba um, they've got that kind of Latin energy about them do you know what I'm saying They probably speak about themselves in the third person or whatever, whatever, whatever person it is. So he seems like that guy in terms of confidence. But it doesn't surprise me. Like he didn't score in the international, what's name, break after having all these shots. Like he's not, there's no striker that that is going to be infallible. Um, And I prefer because I'm seeing stories that Mbappe is available. That's where my head's looking. Like, I don't like strikers that don't really offer much away from the, the box. And I feel like Haaland, make no mistake about it, his game is just getting into the box and doing damage and being a bully. Um, as much as he's comfortable in a ball, doesn't mean that he's someone that's a creator. He don't, he don't create, do you know what I'm saying? He's all about himself. And um, yes, 100%, I want someone that's focused on scoring. But m- most importantly, like, I also feel like, yeah, I want, I want people that can ball
3: too. I think for me, the, the main reason why I'm not too big on Harlan, um, as brilliant as he is, is because I just want to see how, um, how we'll kind of fit him in alongside with all the other attackers that we've got. Um, I feel like somebody will have to um, suffer and bear the brunt. And um, I just feel like we're, we're, how the season's gone, how we've taken so long to bed in everyone, um, I just feel like adding him would just be another like, okay, cool, so now he's here, how do we fit everyone else around him? And it will take another, like, another period of bedding in other people around him and it'll just be like, ugh, you know what I'm trying to say? I don't feel like it's a perfect, um, I feel like it's, I don't know how to explain it, it's one of his colour, but it's just, it feels a bit like, how are we going to do this type of thing? Because um, obviously now we have Werner, we've got you know, Giroud, is still about, Tammy's still about, so obviously I'm, I think I'm kind of waiting to see who kind of exits the door first before I get mm-hmm. excited with that. Having said that though, um, to your point about Mbappe, I think if I had to t- uh, choose between the two, um, I'm, I leaned more towards um, Haaland simply because I know ha- um Haaland is um, is a straight number nine and with Mbappe, I don't feel like, from what I've watched with Mbappe, um, I don't feel like he is an out and out nine as such. I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, if anyone um, disagrees or not, I feel like he kind of fits into how um that Werner mode where it's like the inside channel. Um, that he kind of operates in, because when, when I first watched him burst onto the scene um, in the Champions League for Monaco in that 2016-17 season, um, he, he played as a two with, with Falcao. That's what I saw. And then obviously at PSG, he's been playing wide left, wide right. I haven't really seen him operate at that low number nine as much. So um, bringing him in to play up front, for me, I'm not sure how that would work. So if I had to choose between two, I'd choose, I'd choose Haaland. But um, even still with Haaland, I still feel like, we're going to have like a lot of complications in terms of fitting everyone in
2: and everyone around them. Yeah, that, that was a really good answer, Shemi. And that kind of um part comes into the second question from um S said two D, where he asked him, "How do you think tactically we'd? How, how do you think tactically we'd actually suit for to go for an Mbappe?" And I'm going to kick it off, and I'm going to start with um a bit on on the side of what Shemi said because. I don't know if you guys have seen, but Mbappe has said, well, I don't, well, he hasn't obviously said it out loud, but it's been reported anyway, at least that he wants to be on, on that um, left, on that left channel. Mm-hmm. He's not interested in playing the right, right, right. We just mm-hmm. want to play centre forward. He wants to play left, the left mm-hmm. inside channel. So, it does come to us whereby it's like, if we do sign him, <laughs> how do you think we will set up?
4: Sounds good to me. If you get Mbappe, you play him on the left. You play Havertz force nine, and then you play, you play a third. I mean, it's perfect. Really and mm. truly, okay. you've got your... So own- so,
3: so, so are we ditching Werner then, in that case?
4: Well, Werner can play on the right, he can be a backup. I don't know. All I'm saying is um, Mbappe is not an issue. Like, mm. whether it's... If you have Mbappe and a Werner playing around the Havertz, you've got two people that are shooters around mm. Havertz. Like, Havertz can play for... Like, Mbappe is too talented for me in his all-round game and shooting for me to say, nah, I prefer... a like, uh, listen, it's so simple for me and we can go back like in two years' time or we we'll re- listen to this pod, you, you, you don't pick Haaland over Mbappe. I promise yeah, man.
2: you. Yeah, don't. You, you know what? I, I did try to like <laughs> trick you in a bit and like try to put you like down an alley but <laughs> me and you, Dan, we, we've been going out with Jermaine in the group chat. So we're in the same boat whereby for me, if you're spending that kind of money on a player like Haaland, you have to go for, for Mbappe for me but, personally. Yeah. A, a year a year whereby he has one year left in his contract it's a COVID market. You know, we know other clubs don't have as much money. Um, we, I mean, we haven't really been linked to them as, as much, but I do feel like if we are to look at a player like that and a, another player like Mbappe is available, <laughs> it's, a, it's a no-brainer, man. It's a no-brainer. Yeah, to, to, be, to be fair, to be fair, I agree in the sense that um, from, a, from a deal perspective, it makes the most sense
3: because he's probably going to be the cheapest. And from what I saw, I saw something around, um, I think, yeah, I think what Jermaine which I think it was uh, something between was it 120 to 150 million million because he's got one year left in his contract? Yeah. And yeah. I think I think that's a still for a player of his quality. Like absolutely still. So I feel like, I feel like, yeah, um, I agree with on, the, on that sense and back it all day long, because that makes the most sense financially and the deal's just perfect. Um, but I think from a tactical point of view, that's what that's where my argument came in. But I think that's that's debatable. But um yeah, no, that's fair though. That that is fair. I feel like um from what I've seen of him, like I said, in that operating from that left channel is kind of his um Favorite position. I just felt, And I just felt like we were kind of stacked there in terms of the team at the moment, so we've got Mount that can play there, Hudson can play there, ZX can play there, Pulisic um, can play there, so like I said, for me, right now it's all a bit too complicated in terms of how many people we've got stacked in there, do you know what I'm mm-hmm. trying to say? So that's why I can't get too yes, yes. excited and too optimistic about um, about who we should stand, because for me it's, it's all a bit complicated right now, yes, but it. yeah.
4: It's very simple for me. It's not, I don't think it's complicated. And we're not linked with him, but the Chelsea, our media machine, is powerful. Okay. So we are, we're going to ignite some links. And you talk about all these players that are playing in that left position, they can move over to the right. So what, about Hutton, well, what, what would happen to Hutton? Well, H- well Hudson, it depends. If we're, we're playing this three four three and he's playing wing back, he could be a wing back option. He could be a, I don't, think, the right.
3: I don't think, I don't think long term is, is how.
4: Wing back is the, is how best to utilize. I, I said, really I said, option. All right, C- uh, Tranquilo. All I'm saying is, <laughs> with, with with Mbappe, are we a more exciting Or are, are we a more exciting and dangerous team with a Haaland or an Mbappe? Let me ask you first, Jetsemi. Um, no doubt,
2: Mbappe.
4: Okay, Babs, are we a more Dangerous and exciting team with Mbappé or Haaland?
2: World Cup winner.
4: Come on, great
2: Creator of the star boy term. Come on. Future so- Ballon d'Or winner. Listen, Chessie,
4: our Jesse, our listeners, stay focused. Stay focused. Yeah, because this is what I'm saying. Sometimes you can be distracted and you can try to out-rationalise things. When it comes down to it, Mbappé versus Haaland for me, if you do your homework... I know both of them, both of them didn't score over the international break. I'm not onto Haaland because he didn't score. Haaland scored nine goals. I, I first heard about Haaland when he scored nine goals in a youth match and then I tracked it and this guy was mashing it up. And I remember the beginning of last season we was arguing in a touchdown fracker like group chat and everyone was saying, I was saying, listen, this Haaland this guy, goal scoring wise, you can't stop him. He can't be stopped. And then people was mentioning Werner and I'm like, bro, it's a different level. It's a completely different level. I'm not on Haaland, but I'm just trying to say, um, if Chelsea have the opportunity, especially if they're both similar prices, to get Mbappe and Haaland, and they focus on Haaland, I believe that they're going to make the wrong decision. And we've been there before, where you zone in, and Chelsea was like, oh, let's get Torres, let's get Torres, et etc." et cetera. And the Suarez and the Aguero is there, where Suarez and Aguero much more dynamic attackers. Even if, Tor- even if you're getting prime Torres, Suarez and Aguero they're much more dynamic strikers. You always get the dynamic, dangerous striker for me,
2: uh, back to you, Babs. Hey, I really did enjoy that um, section there, um, and that's going to lead me to actually um, post a quick poll on the, on the Twitter account when we drop this episode, because we yeah. want to know you guys' opinions as well as the other Chess listeners. You know, this is a family. You know, we're, we're trying to get we're trying to get each other's opinions. We're trying to stir up an yeah. interesting debate. So yeah, um, going on to our next question, um, Buzzy, shout out you for stateside. You know, touchline is worldwide. World you know, we've got we got we got we got we've got a vast listenership. So yeah, um, Buzzy asked a question that I really actually liked, where he says, um, "So even if we don't get Haaland, how do we actually fit all the attack into the lineup? Are we gonna stick to a 4-3-3 where we may um, ostracise some, or is it going to be a different um, system to what we're currently seeing?" And I feel like this question is quite interesting because we, as we've seen this season, we've had these debates about like the composition of our attack, you know, how you want to approach it, you know, the, the whole like. Dan's mantra of having two um two um players that are goal orientated and a player that's more creative. So I do think that's an interesting question to like, kind of look into next season how we're actually gonna like form our attack because we do have a couple of players on loan. We do have a players we do have a couple of players that are looking to like potentially be get sold or leave at the end of their contract. So um Shem, I'm gonna ask you how, how do you think we um set up our attack going into next season? Um what so with
3: the players we have now, yeah?
2: With the players we have now, no Haaland, no Mbappe, you know, put put the football manager away for a second, and let's focus on what we have got for now.
3: Um, yeah, I think I think the best way to go is um, um, two two goal scorers and a, and a playmaker. So the way we lined up against Atletico, that personnel I think is the best way to go. So you have got your playmaker and Ziyech and you've got your your goal threats and Havertz and Werner. Um, I think that is the best way to go with what we have now. And then I would say um, you can swap out Werner for Hassan Odeir. Uh Sorry, not Werner. Um, Havertz for Hassan, Hassan Odeir to kind of play in the pockets as well. Um, so, yeah, I think I between those four, I think that's the best way to go with what we have now. Because I think you have the perfect balance between playmaking, goal scoring, and just generally creating chances. You've got penetration there as well. So, yeah, I think between those four, that's our best um
2: attack for me. Yeah, I, I love um, them. There was a specific word use there. Uh, rather than saying goal scorer, use goal threat. And I do really feel like that was quite interesting with um the players that we do have up top and how their kind of current goal records have been. But yeah, um on the topic of Buzzy, you know mm-hmm. Bro, how, how are you doing? I, I forgot to introduce you. I'm good. I'm good. I'm here. It's good how to have I'm you good. on man. It's good to have you on. What what time is it over there?
5: Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a still sunny 4.30 over here. Um, uh, too bad. Yeah. Uh, end of my work day over here, but, uh, this is much more preferable. So here I am.
2: <laughs> yeah. Nice. So when we were, we were literally just answering your question in terms of how we, how our attack composition is, is going to be set up if we don't get like a hard in back there. and I wanted to know what your specific thoughts were as, um, the actual questioner.
5: Yeah. So it's one of those things where it, it'll largely depend on, uh, on, individual people's uh, opinions of the individual players, right? So you have some people who are like, well, it doesn't matter if we get Mountain on the field because I don't want him there. Or Timo is terrible. So we don't have to accommodate him <laughs> to our lineup. It doesn't matter. We shouldn't be considering that. Um, I think players like Cal Hudson and people all agree on, they want him in the lineup in some way. Uh, Havertz working off the, off the striker is another appealing sort of thing that I think most reasonable fans want to see accommodated into the team. Um whether that's Holland and you just you just sell Timo, I don't think that's going to happen. Nor it should. That's a whole different discussion. Um, you know, Holland or, or Werner working with with Havertz together is the nine ten, uh, the the nine and kind of half half ten, half nine uh, with Havertz, and then a doy behind them. Or are we going to use wingers? Are, are we going to see Zish back out wide? Uh, I don't think we should ever see Havertz back out wide. Um, and then is Mount a central midfielder? It, it's a complicated. It's a complicated one.
4: I guess that's why you asked the question, right? Yeah. So, so excuse, um, Babs. Do me a favor. Restate that question again.
2: No worries. So, um, the question was, I mean, he did answer it. To be fair, in terms of how do we fit all the attackers in our current lineup, in terms of our current attackers.
4: Yeah. Um, first, first and foremost, maybe it's me being ignorant, but I still, I still can't take North American accent seriously when we're talking about football. I'm sorry, Matthew. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> But no, it's it's probably just because I had a campaign against Pudisic, but I've deaded that. Um, but yeah, welcome, Math uh, Matthew. Um, can we shall we call you Matthew or Buzzy? Uh, Buzzy's
5: fine. It's my I, actual my actual last name, so I'm
4: I'm okay with it. Hey, okay, okay. So I thought it was an alias, but yeah, Buzzy. Obviously, mad active on the Discord. The people that are most mad active, we invite on to be part of the family. So, question is, how do we fit them all in? And I think, do you know what? I think I've I've always said the same thing, and at the risk of boring everyone, I just feel like. Forget about names and all of that type of stuff. As long as we get two people that are, when I say they proper, I want golden boot chasers. At least one, but per, like at least one golden boot chaser in our team. We need that. I mm-hmm. think that's just someone that's gonna score goals, like, and that's their main thing. Um, if they can be an Mbappe and they can score goals, but and plus their are baller, good. And then I want a playmaker in the team. And um, I'm not even talking... I'm talking about an attacking playmaker. So with Hudson-Odoi, yes, he creates chances and all that type of stuff, but I feel like he's more of a creator. I'm talking about an attacking playmaker, he properly organises an attack. We don't really have one. The closest we have to that, I think, is Havertz, but I wouldn't necessarily call him that. But yeah, I, I literally like uh, an attacking and playmaker and then two got out. One, proper golden boot chaser, and then the other one has to score a significant amount of goals. Not golden boot chaser, but still haven't scored a significant amount of goals. Now, currently, like, Werner doesn't have enough to be a golden boot chaser in the Premier League. But you should he should at least be, like, a second striker. Like, he should be at least good enough to be a second striker. Currently, he's not even doing that. But there's, there's potential, there's future hope for him to do that. But we need someone in that role. And f- for me, that's going to be either a Havertz or a Werner. And then, hopefully, if we do get a good striker in, then it could be either Havertz of Werner as the second striker, the new striker as the main striker, and then someone to be the playmaker. Um, but, yeah, that's just the way that I'd, I'd say uh, Like, we've got so many different pieces. I think some has, has to go because, do you know what I'm saying? Like, not everyone's going to be happy. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's
2: a conundrum anyway. It's a conundrum. Yeah, it is quite a, a bit of a mess at the moment. Um, well, it's not... I wouldn't say a mess anyway but there, there are quite a few pieces as you did say and sometimes you know when you're putting together a, a jigsaw it does get a bit messy so you know hopefully next season we can see that come to a, mm-hmm. an actual picture so yeah going to, to the second question another question sorry and it, it, this question i know is probably going to ruffle a couple feathers within um within the listenership it was from um, pj pj was here
5: mm-hmm.
2: he he says do you believe our current wing options are good enough and when he said wing options, he meant specifically within um, Chou and Pulisic. Do you think they are good enough? And I'm going to start with you, um Dan.
4: Um, I'd like it to be better. I'm not going to lie. I'd like it to be better. Um, I think if we had Pulisic, if we had lockdown Pulisic, then yes, it'll be good enough. But I think um, Hudson-Odoi, he's more of a Barcelona type. Do you know with Barcelona... It's take your time, be patient, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And he's more about the creation. Do you know what I'm saying? He's grown up in that ge- kind of generation. He's not that brute force attacker. Then you've got your Pulisic. Like to have that is cool as long as you have a brute force attacker with it. Um, and Pulisic is supposed to be that brute force attacker, but Pulisic isn't really brute forcing like that. He's not. He's like what's the what's the um, the normal version of Captain America? What's his name? Steve whatever. Steve Rogers. Yeah, Stevie, Steve Rogers. Like we need Captain America back. And if we if we can't get him, if he's retired, if he's given these his um, <laughs> what do they call it again?
5: You handed the shield over already. Yeah, if he's handed the shield <laughs> to someone
4: else, then bring 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 the new captain. Do you know what I'm saying? Maybe, mm-hmm. obviously Dembele's injury prone, but there's only a few proper like brute force wingers. But I do feel like we do need a brute force winger because obviously a lot of teams are sitting back against us and we are camping teams in. So if we can get a brute force winger, that diversifies our option because Hudson-Odoi, he's really good at linking up. And I feel like what, in what he does, he's kind of consistent with him. You can always expect Hudson-Odoi to create chances, which is why I'm not mad at Hudson-Odoi. I think with Pulisic, the thing I'm struggling with Pulisic is he's going like, what is he bringing day-to-day or game-to-game? Like, I'm not expecting Pulisic at this point to bring anything game-to-game. With Mount, you can expect... High energy, winning the ball back, game to game. That's a default. With Hudson Odoi, you can expect that he's going to create some chances from the wing through crosses, etc. Um, and I think with Pulisic, it's like you do one-on-one things and you do some good things, but game to game, you're not doing enough. And I feel like that's why if we can upgrade on Pulisic, I'm sorry, American fans, bro, I'm sorry, don't come for me. But if <laughs> we can get a brute force attacker, then we would be better. That's one of
5: those things, like kind of, kind of like the last question. Where... Timo should be that golden boot chasing striker. Pulisic yeah. should be yeah. the direct type. So it's like almost a good problem to have when you try to fit uh, like fit all these players in, but not if those roles aren't actually being fulfilled. Like exactly. exactly. Um, so yeah, you know the last thing I want to do is come on as the American immediately and defend defend Pulisic because he has been bad this season. That's just that's the bottom line. Oh yeah, um, I thought he was Canadian. You're American. I'm American. Yeah, I, I'm from New hey. York. Um, okay. Yeah, he. Uh, he has not been good and you know i i'm not someone who's going to say he's permanently bad is the difference uh same with timo i mean over a long enough span if they continue to be this this bad and uh, continue to miss as many chances then you can say they're i don't know if they're permanently busted i don't know if it's all mental i don't know what it is but there's only so long that goes on but right now i think there's enough both external factors internal factors um and just bad form uh to take into account that i'm not going to write them off yet um
2: so that's that's kind of
5: where i'm at there
2: Interesting, interesting. And to, to, to like, kind of like look into that a bit more, I thought I'd look into the numbers of, of what they produce this season. And I'm, I've never been one of those people that I said, I'm not one of those people that does goals in moments I, like, I like to separate the stats because I feel like they're not exactly something that they should be compared to directly. And if we look at it, so we look at Cho, 32 games, um, 18 starts, five goals, four assists. Which I mean, on on the surface, that's what one in six, which isn't which isn't amazing. But then you look at the the per night is 0.27. It's just a tad bit lower than what Verner's have produced this season. Mm-hmm. You look at Pudaric, you know, of uh, 28 games, fifty 28 games, um, 15 starts, two goals, two assists. Mm-hmm. Again, it's not it's not entirely you know promising. It's not entirely that like, we want to see from a player of that um caliber kind for of what we've seen to see what we've seen of last season. But if we look at it in a in a, ball of a broader way, and we look at you know the the actual that like, of the season you know it's been a, it's been a very like disjointed season yeah it's been, it's been a lot of injuries and you can say this may just be an outlier season in terms of um what we're going to see from those two or you could just say it's them well while well, in Pulisism state return return to a mean of what his previous output was and it could be a thing of like this is what Cho may be doing like standard in terms of his numbers so if we look at that um Shemi if we look at the numbers of what they've been producing what do you think? in terms of, do you think they're good enough for us so going
3: I, forward? I think, yeah. Um, so, I, I, I don't really look at stats um, anyway, but I think in this season more than ever for Chelsea, um, yeah, those stats are very... It's very hard for me to take them in because just just because of how disjointed and how uh, messy our season has been in terms of the complete contrast from the first half of the season under Lampard and then the second half under Tuchel. Um, so, yeah, it's a bit hard for me to kind of like, take those stats in and, and, and you know... Um, make a judgment of those but what I will say is to answer the question I think if you look at attribute for attribute so we're talking about Ziyech Pulisic and Hudson who are our three wingers mm-hmm. I'd say if you look at the mould of the three I'd say we have a very very nice balance between the three of them so you've got a playmaker in, Z- in Ziyech who's really good at passing and, cr- and um, you know those incisive balls as well as crossing you've got a 1v1 threat in Hudson and Dewey, who is also very very good at linking play and creating chances and for me you've got your you've got a ball carrier who likes who who has shown he can be selfish so he, he can he can progress the ball with his dribbling in Pulisic and he has shown in the past that he has got a selfish mentality in the sense that he he, he can be very goal hungry which is a good thing both good and bad thing so you've got three different um wingers there which I think is a nice makeup to have um in terms of free wingers, because they're all very different from each other, and they bring something different. So, um, in terms of what we have, and in terms of what we're seeing, are two different things. Um, I think what we have is good. What we're seeing is not so good. So, I feel like if they're all, if if the three of them perform at the optimum and their mm-hmm. maximum, I think we have um, three very good um, wingers, and I think that's a really good balance. Um, but obviously, at the moment, that's not happening. So, yeah, I think um, echoing what Dan said, if Pulisic doesn't find, you know, what he can do, what, what he showed um, um, before lockdown, sorry, post-lockdown, then I think the jury is still out on him. I think because Hudson-Odoi is still young and he's still really searching for that consistent week-in, week-out start, then I think with him can be a bit more you know um, leeway on him mm-hmm. um, because typically, you know, young wingers, you know, like the likes of Sterling, the likes of Rashford, um, they don't usually produce um, numbers until maybe they until about you know maybe early 20s i'd say 21 22 type age went sort of like their 30s and onwards i'd say um so yeah i think that's my answer to the question i think um attribute for attribute the three of them um is a good balance because they all bring something different but in terms of form it's not playing out right now so yeah
4: can i quickly can i quickly say something to that i just feel like we can say let's take all them that um, all of these options at their best. But when it comes down to it, thats I don't think that's a good way to look at it because most players aren't going to be at their best for the majority of the season. I think it's better to take players at their norm than taking them at their best. And I feel yeah. like if we look at Pulisic's career at his norm, it, at, let's look at all three of their players at the norm. Now, with Hudson, though, it's a bit more difficult because this is his first season getting regular football for an extended period. Plus, he's been played all over the shop. So, But even still he scored, like, what Babs said, 18 starts. Was it six goals and five assists? That's not bad. That's not... That's No, no, I'm no.
2: It, it was five. It was five. Don't, don't try to inflate it. Okay, okay. All right. <laughs>
4: Strike that from the record, everybody listening. But um, still, five goals and how many assists? I'm not going to say it before Babs is on me, but that's Five that's goals,
2: good. five assists, yeah. Eight, okay. Eight okay.
4: Well, well, we'll check that. We'll check that. But um, that is still not bad. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, um, I think with um, Pulisic... Uh, we, we do I think we need a goal-scoring winger um, especially if we're going to play 4 we probably need the goal-scoring winger I think with Pusic like, we all want him to be cap again we want him to be Captain America again um, I do think this season it's difficult to judge him because like we've all said he's had injuries and then he hasn't had extended run in the teams through having injuries and Tuchel's coming in not playing but I do think um, if you're asking us at their norms right now if that's a good spread Ziyech who really and truly volume game? Um, to be fair, he like, I'm excited about Ziyech's finishing recently. Z Ziyech in the box, he's very calm with his finishing. Um, but yeah, I just feel like I don't know about you, Babs, because I don't know if you've actually said it, but Sorry,
3: no, go on, okay. go
4: on. I was gonna say go all three of yeah. them, I think we I think we can upgrade. But go on, James.
3: To, to to just to come to the original point, that's why I kind of, I, I split the two. So I split the two into attributes, and then I split it into um, at their best. So I hear you on the point about at their best, but I wasn't really. To be fair, I was I was more focused on on the on the on the the former um, analysis. Okay. So about okay. the attribute for attribute. Right. Um. But yeah, go on, go on, Babs.
2: Yeah, personally, I'm, I'm, I've always been in that kind of stage about that. Like, you know, you you guys know me. I, I like to run an agenda. You know, when a player's done dirt, I like to kick him under that. <laughs> but uh, if if I am to be serious, I do feel like it is way too early to like judge them too harshly. Because hmm. if I look at Pulisic, I, I I I wouldn't agree in the fact that he hasn't had a run because he, he did have a couple games like that's not a run yeah no, i'm not talking about too short I'm talking about before that but what i was going to say to to, to counter that is the fact that he hasn't had a car like a run under the new manager if you get what i mean yeah yeah so if you look was, at them go on sorry
5: uh yeah just to, to supplement that that i was looking at this the other day because we were debating it in the chat and um he he had i think six or seven games back after he was out for a good few games with his uh his leg problems hmm. uh and it was it was five or six games as like in Lampard's worst run of form like that's as he bad. got fired that yes. was his longest run of games was as Lampard was so bad that he got sacked um which is like not the whole team was dysfunctional at that point we couldn't score there was no cre- clear creative plan mm-hmm. yes he's coming back from injury and that's not really a full excuse because a, a handful of players were performing mm-hmm. uh, decently well in that run but Uh, that's, that's a really bad sort of sample to like make these sweeping conclusions of a player based on That's is the main thing, I think. So
4: Matthew, what you're saying is when Pudisic came in a team, everyone started playing worse. Is that what you're saying?
5: (laughs) No. That's just when
2: Lampard was fully, fully out of ideas. Interesting. Interesting. I feel like that that was an interesting section, Justin.
1: Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend Account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. A,
0: a wide, um, option. You've heard us talking about it before. And we're back again to talk to you about hosting your own podcast here at Blue Wire. And there's no better place to host than Blue Wire Hustle. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with BlueWire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So if you're ready to do more than just listening to me talk about your favorite team, then make your voice heard in Hustle. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. That's bwhustle, Hustle Hustle spelled H-U-S-T-L-E dot com slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more.
2: So yeah, I'm um, going on to the next question. I think is a, is an interesting one, um, and it kind of like comes on to what the argument was last in terms of our player of the season. You know, I I, know, I believe it was you, Dan, who had him, Thiago Silva as your um, player of the year. And yeah. the question is from um, Toby again. Shout out, you Toby. Do you think Thiago slots back in immediately, or is his place under threat? Because I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I I wasn't I wasn't the biggest fan of Christensen. You know, like I, I've always said, he, he's too soft for me. Mm-hmm. And I, don't re- I, I, I feel like he's one of those players that he sucks to really. when he has a couple of good games, and then all of a sudden he just throws it away. And then we look at the Aston Villa game, we look at all sorts of games like like Liverpool game. And I do feel like, personally, and I said it in the group chat, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to come and say it here publicly as well. <laughs> I feel in this run of games whereby it's been our toughest fixtures, everybody's saying we're, we're going to suffer, we're going to lose to Atletico Madrid. You know, um, when Thiago came off against Spurs, we're going to suffer against United, we're going to suffer. I guess Everton going to suffer. All these teams, Christensen came in, slotted in. And personally for me, I feel he's had as big of an impact in that run of games as Thiago has had throughout the season in terms of his actual on-the-field performances. And I know a lot of people weren't were happy with what I said, but I, w- I want to just say it here publicly so everybody can, you know, slander me or if you want to agree with me <laughs> and and go, go with that. So yeah, I'm going to put that to the floor. What, what do uh, you guys think? Does Thiago uh, slot, slot back in?
4: Babs, you just said a minute ago you're a man of agenda. So how do we take you seriously now? <laughs> how do how do we even take you seriously now? Are you being serious with this agenda? Let's clear. This I'm, up. I'm being I'm being very
2: I'm playing, serious. I was being dead serious. I feel like in that run of games, Christian, he, he's been, our, in my opinion, since two shots coming, he's been our best player far and far away, far and away. And I feel like in that toughest run of our fixtures, whereby it was literally decisive in both in terms of the top four on our Champions League run. I feel like his impact has been, it's, it's been massive and it's been seconds along.
4: We, we are, we're looking for new people to come on chess <laughs> <from> opening <laughs> There are some openings. We need to refresh our cast. Um, we need to provide the best analysis. Now I'm joking. I think, um, I think Tuchel's come out and said, I can see Jensen playing um, on the side as well of the back three. He doesn't have to play in the centre. So if the question is, can they both play together? They can blo- both play together. If you're asking what Tuchel's going to do, he seems to like have aired on the side of experience in that back three. Zuma's come in and Zuma's done fantastic, but he's dropped back. And the default front three, I mean, back three, seems to be Aspi, who's captain, who's he's going to stay in. Um, Thiago Silva, that's been his boy since PSG. I don't think he's coming out unless there's an injury or unless he's trying to maintain him. Chris Jensen, the stocks have grown. The confidence in him has grown. Um, again, he was linked to Chris when he was at Dortmund. He, he they scoured him. They thought he was a good player. They thought he was a fantastic player. That he, he does the thing is, Tuchel seems at this point to have a good relationship with so many players that it's like he seems to love everyone. I remember at the beginning when I was saying like Hudson Ladoy is his son, then it was oh, this guy's his son. And and Chris you see, they have he kind of has like a mental relationship with him. And um Chris a lot of our managers seem to have spoken about him in a critical way. I think Tuchel's one of the first managers that have come in a long time that I just say nothing but positive things about uh, him. So I think Chris Denson is going to be happy here. But I do think that um, what he'll do is he'll stick with the experience, especially uh, Tiago Silva. He hasn't got much left in, in him in terms of playing-wise. So I think whilst he's, got, whilst he's available, he's going to use him. Um, and I think Chris Denson will be kind of bedded in because don't forget what is he, 24, 25? So he, he's still got a lot of years left to play.
2: Interesting. Interesting. I like the answer. But, uh, Matthew, Buzzy, what, what, do you, what do you think?
5: Uh, yeah, I think Dan uh, has a lot of the same thoughts I do on it. I think the obvious unspoken issue is that the the role that he and that Christensen and Silva plays is the same one in the back three. They'd be the most similar of the three uh, other centre-backs. So um, it'd be... It'd be probably plausible to play them both, but a little bit redundant as like the center of the three who brings the ball forward and makes, makes the most cutting passes. Rudiger can pass. I think you could probably play Silva and Christensen next to each other with Aspie on the right. Um, I also think keeping Aspie there is probably the best call since he's sort of the pseudo fullback who, who comes out a little wider when Reese goes up. Um, so that kind of makes sense. Um, I think he will come back into the team. If we do see him handle uh, if we do see Tuchel handle Silva like Lampard did he won't be playing every game anyway um it's one of those things where maybe Christensen gets arrest rest one game Ruger gets a rest, the, uh, a rest the other game Aspie's older he'll get a rest too uh we'll probably see some rotation of the three in a big game I wouldn't be surprised if he does pick Silva over over Christensen as good as he's been I do agree with Babs that he's been tremendous but uh I wouldn't be surprised if, if Silva's given a nod in, in a big knockout matcher or uh not every league game but some bigger league games
2: yeah i like that I, I do feel like that has been one of the um biggest features you've seen under, under thomas Tuchel. To, to show it's been the rotation you know the appreciation that players you know these guys are humorous, you know, they they need they need to rest as well and i do feel like that's been something that's um that's been really positive to see and i do feel like once Tiogo does come back he probably will be easy in anyway um Shemi, what what do you think to add on to that um i think i think simply because um you just touched on it simply because people shown
3: um his um man management side in terms of rotation and resting players because has paid basically every single game um maybe bar one since Thiago has been injured I, I feel like he will um take christensen out and rest him for um for tiago um i think yeah having said that i think um if tiago's fully fit i won't be surprised if he starts against west brom and then christensen plays against um porto simply because um um, easing Thiago in that way probably makes the most sense. Easing him in against you know lower side, um, as opposed to just throwing him back in in a big in game. I know Chelsea.
2: I'm gonna have to remind you. Do you remember what was the last time Thiago came in against West Brom? The,
3: the funny thing is, the funny thing is about that game, he was actually solid, barring that mistake. So <laughs> you have to try again, brother, <laughs> because if you actually watch that game, he was solid apart from apart from that mistake. He was solid. But yeah, um, as I was saying, um, I won't be surprised if he comes in against West Brom. And then Thiago and Christensen plays continues to play against Porto. Um, I know Thiago is experienced and can handle the big games, but I think Liverpool's um, man management side will kind of take over and just look after him a little bit more, and just ease him in in the game um, if he's fully fit on Saturday, and then bring Christensen back in for the Porto game, and then maybe bring Thiago back in for the next Premier League game. I think I think that's how it kind of go.
2: Yeah, I, I do agree. I do feel like in this in this some um, stretch of games where. Is is a bit more of a lower position, quote unquote. I do feel like this is a kind of a run where you can ease him in slowly, and like try and work towards like getting him in for the City game. I feel like that's gonna be a massive game to actually have him there. How do you feel like his leadership is gonna be something that's gonna be very important going into that the latter stage of the season? So yeah, I'm um, going to our next the next question from um from Nick. It's, it's an interesting question, I guess is um is a question that's kind of like down to taste, and you, you ask him. Um, Thoughts are whether you'd be comfortable with three of the back being a long-term formation or if you'd like to see us transition to playing two centre-backs.
4: I love this question. Um, but you know what? I'm not going to go first because a lot of people say, yeah, I'm just echoing what Dan said. So I'm going to go last this time so you guys can't steal
5: my shit. So you're so wise, Dan. That's why. <laughs> you're so wise.
2: <laughs> go for it, Buzzy.
5: Oh, right on the spot. All right. Um, I think I do love the defensive sol- uh, solid, like, solidity that we've gotten since switching to it. It's a breath of fresh air after Lampard's struggle to make a coherent defense, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I do think Turucol could probably make a, a still make a more organized defense than Lampard ever made with just two center backs. Um, It's obviously a little risky. You start to open your team up to more, um, you know, more set pieces, more counters. Uh, There's not a third man back to sweep up mistakes, things like that. But um, I think if our, if our attack doesn't, in my opinion, other than the Leeds game and the FA Cup was a rotated team, so putting that aside, um, our attack has started to generally look a little better, um, but I think if it doesn't by the end of the season actually click and we see, we see consistent goal scoring, um, that maybe switching is the best way to maximize all the attacking talent we have in the team because a lot of people get on Mount's playmaking ability and if he's someone who has to play further forward, uh, or he could be part of a midfield three and we could go back to wingers. Like that could be a way to rejuvenate the attack, but we can't do that if we're going to stick to uh, putting a lot of the creative um, impetus on our wingbacks that I like it, but I like Reese James. People praise his crossing, but uh, we've had this discussion. He doesn't actually have a lot of assists because he puts a very similar type of cross in a lot of the time. Um, Chilwell actually has been decently productive more so than, than James, despite a lot of people getting on him. Um, so it kind of works, but a lot of the fans, and I do kind of agree, a lot of the time we're just hitting, hitting crosses and and hoping So more play through the middle. That's something that might actually develop more if we're playing either two up front or a real number 10, whether it's Havertz behind, uh, two strikers or, um, or Mount and Havertz kind of interchanging in the midfield, uh, Hudson-Odoi centrally rather than wide. So you get more, you get more options in attack, which, uh, compared to the defense is the thing we really need to fix in our current setup, um. But I do have a, I do have a bit of a concern. I, I think long term I'd probably rather switch to two at the back to give a definitive a definitive answer there. But those mm-hmm. are all the factors that are that are that are on my mind about it. I
2: was literally about to say you raised a couple of interesting points there in terms of like where you'd like to see players play. So I'm gonna ask you, I'm gonna put you on the spot. So first things first, what formation would you go with and what would be the, what would be that 11 if we were to look at our players that we currently have?
5: Yeah, see, I like I like the four through 3 on paper, but it's tough with our squad because mm-hmm. you have you have Kovacic, you have Conte, you have Jorginho, A lot of different opinions on those players. Conte for me has to start every game um, and, until he needs to be rested because he starts every game. Uh, then then from there it's a debate. Like people like Mount as an eight, myself included, much more than a ten. Um, so him in a midfield three, maybe Kovacic is the third or Jorginho, depending on your opinion on those three. Um, And that's kind of our midfield core. But then where does Havertz play? Then you have him wide or you have him as the striker. I don't think most of us think he's a good winger in the Premier League. Um, Maybe that was just Lampard (laughs) not knowing what he was doing, but that was really the only time we saw him wide. Mm -hmm. We've seen him wide in other parts of his career and for Germany, so it could work, but we don't have a lot of evidence to think that's like our best option. so then as you play up front. And then what do you do with Tammy if he stays? What do you do with Timo? Uh, obviously the rumors about Holland. So a four, three, three for me is kind of hard to fit everybody in. Mm-hmm. So I'd probably go with a four, two, three, one. So we have a real number 10. That could be Havertz, plays off the striker, which maybe helps Timo. We have we had the winger discussion, but we have at least on paper a solid selection of winger options, mm-hmm. if not incredible based on current form. Uh, and then you can debate about the midfield too, Conte and Jorginho, Conte and Kovacic. Um, a lot of that didn't work under Lampard, but goals a better manager, so maybe the midfield would look functional with those with those two players this time.
2: I like the answer. I like, um, Shemi, I like the answer too, Shemi. What what do you think? Well, the question is about sticking with the free at back, right? Yeah. So, would you want to stick with the free at back, or would you want to go back to our traditional? Four, four you know, at
3: back? if you, if you ask me, this, like I'd say, maybe a month ago, I'd, I'd say get me back to four at back. ASAP, even though we're winning, but. But just having looking back on how we performed, and because it's worked so well, yeah, i I see no. I see little reason to change. I'm completely honest. I'm not even a fan of three at the back and wing backs. I'm I'm actually not. I I really. i much prefer forward back. But just given how our players have taken to the system and how Tuchel's coached um, each player individually into their roles in the system, and it's worked so well, I I see little reason to change. I think we should stick with it until we have um, hit a hit a point whereby. something's not working and we need to change in my opinion because if we look at the run of fixtures that we had um, and to not to not concede a goal in those run of fixtures and to um, limit um, chances against some really, really good teams and like, stiff opponents and also obviously we still need to work on our, our scoring You know, we can only score one or two goals max But um, and to control games the way we have to manage games the way we have to look so solid, I think there's, I see little reason to change right now if I'm, if I'm honest so I was sticking to three.
4: Mm, yeah. I'd like to echo what Shemi said. Um, I'd like to echo. I think we're so dominant. Like, this is probably the best run of form we've had since the first time Mourinho came back in terms of the leanness, in terms of conceding. Now, Tuchel said when he came in, um, it's too hard to coach a two at the back. So we went with three because that will give us solidity. So I think a lot of people have said, oh yeah, that means that as soon as he gets a preseason to coach here, he's going back to a four at the back. But I think that he might he might keep it. Like Shemi was saying, listen, we're not really conceding goals. And I know that a lot of people are looking at attack saying we're not scoring enough. But um I think like, when people talk about Havertz for Germany, like you're looking at those games and there's spacing behind for him a lot of the time on the when he's on the right. Um I think when we're playing when we're playing this 3-4-3 and one of the wing-backs is an attacker when Doy is playing, um, but Alonso as well, he's getting into the box and then you have two number 10s getting into the box and we're playing in the other team's half. Of course, there's going to be no space. It's not going to be as exciting, but when it comes down to it, how can you argue with the effectiveness? How can you argue with the amount of teams we've won against, the amount of great managers that we've won against, the meanness in terms of... There's been so many... like I'm not going to mention his name, but one of the biggest Chelsea creators, unfortunately, he was dead set on Tuchel failing. He's had to come and apologise. And it's with the style of football we've had. I don't care what people call us boring Chelsea. That's heritage. People call us boring Chelsea when we blitz the league. Do you know what I'm saying? So, for me, as long as it's working... Two times in a row. Exactly. And as long as it's working, you keep it. Now, I will mention... That time when we won the league with Mourinho, when we were uh, Chelsea, we were we scored, we conceded 15 goals in the season. And most of the games was 1-0 when Robben was injured. Then Robben came out from injury, came back from injury. And him and tough people remember, them two were blitzing it. And all of a sudden we were winning by four. Every single game was like, we couldn't, we scored four, 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 four. And he got injured again and it got kind of tough. And I just feel like, Attacking wise, we can sort the attack with a more dynamic player. Um, that brute force player that I was talking about earlier, I think we can sort it with a brute force player. I think where Ben was the difference um, for us with Mourinho. I do feel like currently we don't have that in attack, so that's why a lot of it is trying to pass, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I think the closest player we have to a brute force player is um, Mount, but obviously Mount he's really good at dribbling, but a lot of his brute force comes through urgent passing. If we can get someone, that's a and I don't know who that player is because I would say it would be like a Dembele if he was available, but obviously he's mad injury prone. But I do feel like um, we can fix the attack with a personnel change. I, I feel like I would be happy to keep this this system, but then again, because Tuchel's done so good, I'll, I'll trust him if he was to move to a four at the back and that team that Matthew or Buzzy mentioned that that sounded good to me that four two three one.
5: Also, yeah, I want to stress that. I mean, I did say oh. this at the beginning of my answer, but like, only if we are struggling to score do we really need to change anything. Some yeah. fans are calling us boring. I agree with you. I don't, I don't care. I mean, I'll win 2 or 1-0 every, every time. Um, it's, it's different if you can't get over a big knockout game, but again, that's not been our problem. Uh, it's different if you can't blow out a team that's playing in a low block. That's something you need to solve if you're getting a lot of 1-1 draws or, or no nil draws. Um but yeah, I agree with you. Like solid, solid team. We have the we have the, the benefit, which a lot a lot of teams do, of two really good fullbacks on either side. Mm-hmm. Um in my opinion. I don't know what people think about Chillwell, but I think he's I think he's good and productive. Reese is good and productive. Yeah. Um you have a lot of options in this team and, and the defensive solidity, we only have to think back to last season to remember how bad our defense is mm-hmm. uh, was that you should not take for granted being able to keep clean sheets or what, only concede one goal in most of your games. That is that is a blessing. What?
3: Sorry, just quickly, I wanted to say something quickly honestly, as to why, um, another reason why I love the, the current system now is because it feels, with the two tens in behind the, the striker, it feels as if we have like an extra man on the pitch. I know we don't, but it just feels like mm-hmm. it because um, because we have the half spaces covered so well. Um, that's one of the reasons why the counter press is so good because mm-hmm. there's always someone in every blade of, um, of grass on the pitch like it seems like every single space on the pitch is covered if that makes is that make sense so yeah um like literally when the way we've covered like the half spaces and like every everywhere just seems full um whereas we, we you, i think with like a 4-3-3 i think it feels like i think there is a little bit more space because players are, are further apart together yes. in my opinion whereas in this system it's a, it's a lot you've got it's a lot more compact and you've got players everywhere That's so true. um yeah i feel like it works really well in terms of that's why we're so dominant in terms of not yeah um, co- yeah um conceded chances like people um obviously rightly so will give credit to with the likes of Christensen and as for and person really good, who have been fantastic but the guys at the front are doing a fantastic job in terms of the counter press and a big reason for that is because they are very close together and a mm-hmm. lot of the space at the at the top of the pitch is covered
4: mm-hmm. by that's the cool. system that's the so, yeah. point. Of it. That's the that's the point of the pod so far. I think. I, I think having four across from the wing back to the two tens, because um, we're defending so high, um, we're winning the ball, and that's how we're able to stay in their half so much. So like a- again, it's easy to give the credit to defense for the defense. But when we're defending in the other team's half, all of our defending is done, and it's not just done by the defense; it's done by attack too. So yeah, that kind of helps our domination. So yeah, I'm I'm calm with it, man
5: especially when you have Conte, who's, who, who's almost another extra player. So there's, yeah. so, much, there's so much ground covered. Yeah. And I agree, too, that the attackers are, are maybe, hopefully one of the ones we have is waiting to explode and be that dynamic player. Uh, Timo finally putting the ball in the net. Havertz continuing his, his acceleration. Pulisic finding his form again. That could our, our team is just this close, maybe, to having a, a, an offensive uh, explosion in the current system. So we should be a little patient with it.
2: Yeah, just to wrap that question up, man, like, I, I don't know about you guys, but me me personally, I, I'm, I'm worried about the money resides, man. <laughs> if that's for the back, if that's free the back, yeah, man, like, I, I, I'm there, man. I don't mind. Like, listen, if if if, I, if throughout 38 games in the season, we're going to win each game 1-0 to win the league, and we're going gonna to score 38 30 goals, listen, I'm, perfect, I'm perfectly fine with that. Listen, we are I'm all starving. about the winning. I'm all <laughs> about, I'm starving, man. I'm all we're about starving. the winning, so. And what I've seen is free the back, like, I just feel I just don't think it's, it's been as bad as people have been saying. Like there, there are points where we transition kind of to a to a four whereby, mm-hmm. as um Bazzi said, you know um as fills in that right back slot and um a Cho or a or James is able to like just push up mm-hmm. forward the pitch. And I do feel like. With formations, I feel like the formation is just the way a team plays by, by paper, you know, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's all about instructions, it's all about tactical, um, tactical and flexibility and how you actually have players in the pitch. Because you could play a full you can play a full three-three all you want, and we it can look like just massive clusters of having three players on one side three, three and three players on the other side, just trying to whip in crosses. And I just feel like when you have a manager like this, a shelf who knows what he's doing, he knows how to set a team up. You just have to let him do what he needs to do, you know. I feel like you need to put you need to put agendas aside sometimes, you know. Yeah. I, I do feel like people kind of like let their agendas run a bit too crazy formations, or like, yeah. even for winners, like oh we're winning, but, but, but it's, it's literally that, like, but we're winning, but and I just feel like as as much as much as I understand people want to play a certain brand of football to win games, mm-hmm. I just do feel like that there there is a lot that has to be said in the fact in the fact that what we've seen this three at the back in terms of, like, the actual, like, stability. We've been, well, since two charts coming, we've been the second-best team in, in, the, in the country. So, mm-hmm. the proof's in the pudding, you know? And I, I um,
4: just put, I just quickly, as we wrap up on that, yeah, when it comes down to, we, we remember Lampard's Chelsea, and we remember us playing a 4 2 three, one and everyone saying, the four three three is the answer. Then we start mm-hmm, playing mm-hmm. a four three three. 3 3 no, no, it's the three four three that's the answer. We kept on cycling between it. Like, I feel like with Tuchel now, it'll be the opposite in terms of, we can change formations. I still feel like we'll be fine because, like, like like, Babs has said, even when we're playing this 3-4-3, sometimes it looks like it's a four. In fact, there was one game where I think we actually played a four I didn't even realise.
2: Leeds, yeah. Mm-hmm.
5: Mm-hmm. yeah well, and we had a, we, a, we a a had the same lead, players yeah. now as exactly. we did then. It shows just how much of it is down to instruction. Like, Christensen was here, Rudiger was here, everybody looked bad because the system was bad.
2: Exactly, exactly, exactly that. And yeah, so... Um, to go, to go on to like our, our second-to-last question, it's an interesting question. It's, it's one that, you know, we, we like to brag about our youth at Chelsea, you know, like the best academy in the country and all of that, but um, Sam Akpan asks here, um, do you think reduced opportunities for youth is ne- is a necessary sacrifice if we want to challenge City next year for the league? So with new signings, whereby, like, if you look at comparisons like um, and Harlan for a Tammy or an Mbappe for like a Cho or Pulisic and stuff like that, do you feel like, Sacrificing the academy is a, is a necessary a necessary evil, so to say, in terms of challenging for the league next season. I'm going to start with you, Shemi.
3: Um, difficult one. I think the youth we have in the squad now are are are, are at such a high level that I, I don't. I'd, I'd probably say no. I'd say so. The likes of Um Reece James, Callum. Um, I think because Tammy's contract situation is a bit is a bit weird right now, so he's he looks like he's out of the door. Well, it looks like he, he, he most likely will leave. But um, in terms of the youth we have in the team, consistently playing, so Callum and Reese and Mount, um, because they're so good that I don't, I don't think producing the opportunities um, is necessary to get us towards City. In my opinion, no, I don't I don't think so.
2: Interesting, Dad. What do you think?
4: Um, I think I think it's a good question. Who asked that
2: again? Um, Sam Akpan. Okay, shout Shall- you.
4: Yeah, Shout out to Sam. Um, I think listen, there's always going to be a new generation of, there's always going to be a new generation, you know what I'm saying? And there's always going to be some players from that new generation. Um, In terms of sacrificing youth, I don't think that's a good way to put it. I just feel like we have to change our mindset because it seems like we was one extreme before with Asari in terms of you have to be a certain age before you played. And then I feel like under Lampard it got a bit, let me bust all of these youths, all of my favourite youths. I think that it, it should just be, the default should be, um, as a young player, so let's say Livermento, he's shown that potentially he could be a good, you know, option for us. So I feel like that path should be there. And I think when it comes down to it, playing wing-backs, Rhys James really and truly is the only true like, wing back. To be fair, even Reese James, Livermento might be the most natural right wing-back we have. So I would say he gets the opportunity to be in the squad at least, and then when an the opportunity comes, like you can't borrow in Conte's term, you, you sometimes have to suffer. I don't think that just because you're, you're 18, you should be given the world straight away. I don't think I don't think that's a good thing. I feel like players need to um, struggle a little bit for their position because then they'll take it. You know, they'll take they won't take it for granted. And so I think, for instance, Liveramento as a case study, you bring him in even if it's Hudson Doyle and James in that position. You bring him in because in the season, there's injuries. Do you know what I'm saying? And I feel like when you're 18, you have some time. The way that I look at football, it's kind of like when you model it on life and you're at university, that's almost like a suspended state. You're not really an adult because you don't have, you're not going to work nine to five, et cetera, et cetera. It's a suspended state. When you're 21, you're an adult. Like, do you know what I'm saying? You're living adult life, et cetera, et cetera. And the way I see in terms of integration for our, our youth players, is between that 18 and 21 period, whether it's going on loan, whether it's staying and being around, waiting for an opportunity, that's the time, that's the crucial time where a player has to, or a player can sit on the bench, I think. If you're a top player, that's a a time where you can kind of sit on the bench. But when you're like 21, 22, you're an adult. Like, if, if Chelsea aren't going to give you regular football, go elsewhere. So I feel like, with a, the way that I do it, if I'm a Livermore, I'm saying bring livermento in, make him part of the squad, make him hustle and compete with the top players, and then when he gets his opportunity, he has to do and take it and run like just like everybody else. I don't think um, we should be adri- um, I don't think we should be making our squads just like every single year. Let's get rid of old players just to fit the new batch of young players in. Do you know what I'm saying? That's that's I, I don't think is um, it's feasible because you won't be a, a top squad that way what you have to do is reward the best and mm-hmm. yeah that's that's where that's whether yeah. they're youth or or they're older just play play the best to make a competition
2: I definitely agree with that Barzi, what do you think
5: um uh, yeah oh, sorry sorry Dan to agree with you again but I do agree mostly with Dan. <laughs> I think I think to take that a bit a bit further it's it's uh it's not even it's not even really something that I would I would have a a a big philosophy like that about I wouldn't say okay this year we have to use youth players or this year we we have to get rid of all the youth players I think it's very case by case and position by position like I'm not going to say we got to get this guy in um because uh because he's coming up in the academy and he's really good if the player ahead of him is playing amazingly if Reese is on tremendous form next season and he's he's assisting all these goals um Livermento's job gets a lot harder how is he going to get into the team I don't know but you're not going to drop Reese just for the sake of it so it's a tough one but I think it's like these players like Reese and Mount and, and Tammy for at least a short period got themselves into the team, did well, and they stayed in the team. Um, players are gonna have to just look for their for their opportunities. It shouldn't let us uh, shouldn't make us not buy a top transfer target we want because of that. You know, it, it's a nice consideration, but yeah, City have what one young academy player in the team um, because their team is full of stars, and that's just how it is. You have to be that good to break in.
4: Okay.
2: Yeah, it is it is an interesting point because I do feel like they, there is always a balance. You know, these guys are young, you know, they they've they've also got to adapt to the, the actual men's game physically as well as tactically. And I do feel like to to compete, a lot of people will say you need the top, top players, but I do feel like there is a case to be said, like you, you never know who may be the next Mbappé so to say. Like you never know if, if you give that the the the, the next random player in the, in the youth academy a go just to actually see what you can do on the field and just see what you can actually um achieve. And yeah, um, to go on to our next couple of questions so we've got a couple of twitter questions that i think Shemi wants to go through yeah.
3: yeah 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 uh cool 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 so michael angelo michael angelo on Sport d shout out you time is will or die um do we need to shine a striker to score more goals is that truly the reason for our lack of goals at times or is something else at play so i think essentially what he's asking is it personnel or is it system
2: is that, is that a bit to the floor or would you want is it um, yeah, bad yeah yeah I think I think it's a mix of things I think it's a like there does come a, a point where you have to say like the whole like excuse for Timo in terms of like he's been run out of play and like to, to not score goals I feel like that it does get a bit dated in the fact that he has been poor in terms of his finishing I think that's one part but then again I've always said um I don't really like to harp on like a couple chances here and there like in terms of our transcription I do feel like if you want to be a top team you've got to be constantly creating these chances for a top player. Like if you look at if you look at last season for, for like the, the top um players it was like missing chances, you had Lewandowski right there at the top. And that's simply because um Bayern Munich are a team where they're able to constantly create chances for their strikers. I do feel like for us to get there, we do need to have like a bit more chance creation within our team. Yes, yes, I would have to agree and say we do we do need a better shooter up top. Because um the the whole thing of what we burn has been in this season, I don't think is good enough. I do feel like that is part of parcel of why um, we are struggling for goals, but then again, I also do feel like it's also the actual production of chance of creating chance that has to be like improved. I will say
5: he team. is second in the Premier League in big chances missed.
2: Um, mm, yeah. Exactly, it, it, which, is, is, which is
5: which is good and bad in my opinion. Players should be getting those chances. The other players at the top of that list are also players who score a lot of goals. Uh, yeah. Salah's often up there most seasons. Yeah, um, that's that's a good thing. But at a certain point, his finishing has to regress to at least average. Like we gotta see. Like, just okay finishing rate would be a big improvement. And if you can start putting those in like he used to, um, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it's the low block or he can't play in the Premier League because we just saw him miss a sitter for Germany. Uh, I think it's mentality, and I hope a reset will get him back on track. But uh, yeah, I mean, if we have that many big chances, that's at least a good sign. And he runs in behind and he's so fast and all these other things that it, it's possible to get him scoring, I, I still think. Uh, one, one thing I'll
3: say on this question as well before we move on to the next one is that um, I think. System-wise, even under Lampard, yeah, because people forget under Lampard, scoring goals wasn't, wasn't always an issue. I think we, 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 we were involved in a lot of games whereby we score loads, but we concede loads. I think that was always the problem with us last season. And obviously this season, um, even under Lampard, we had that run where we were scoring loads and then it kind of fell away. And then obviously Tuchel's come in and we lack Tuchel's system. So I think system-wise, I think we've been okay If I'm being real. Um, in terms of touch creation too, because even a lot of Lampard's game used to create chances, but um, I think I think I can't ignore the fact that we haven't had um, a twenty-goal striker since Diego Costa. Do you get me? Um, so it's been a while. We haven't had a, a striker that consistently score from beginning through to the middle through to the end. So um, I do feel like yeah, I think I think personnel-wise, it it, it 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 has to be addressed. Um, in my opinion, anyway. Um, cool. Next question. I'm gonna read is um so this guy's um I'm gonna read your Twitter name because your hat is a bit funny. So Brandino, he asks, is Mount our franchise player? Um given that Havertz hasn't blown up yet and Cho hasn't been fully unleashed. Um Dan, what do you think?
4: No, yeah, I, I definitely think he is, kind of. And I think the one of the reasons is like talking about franchise player, it's not just necessarily it's not just a straight talent thing. I think like, when you watch a game, whether it's England or Chelsea, like, this, all the media just mount, mount, mount. I think when you um, talk about, like, mount for captain and, like, there's just so much mount propaganda out there. And I feel like um, the fan base, especially the proper Chelsea fan base, that's his boy. I feel like, because of the Lampard thing as well, this is almost like, like, Lampard is the ghost of Lampard is still here through Mount now. So the
2: legacy.
4: Like, yeah. I feel like I feel like a lot of people are feeling vindicated. It's almost like Lampard's still here in a way because of Mount or whatever. So it's just it's it's a weird thing, I think a little bit, but there is some there is part of it that Mount also um makes himself very difficult to drop because he um yeah he gives you urgency. He works mad hard. He ticks so many boxes. And so yeah, like I definitely say he's our franchise player. I said it on the Twitter account earlier. When it comes down to it, Eden Hazard was our franchise player before. And um now it's now it's mount. So
3: yeah. Yeah. Ruffles. I think I think that's a really the answer. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think I think I'm satisfied with that answer. Um cool. Um, yeah. At only by night, he asked us to rank our Frank Chelsea centre backs, including those out on loan, and who we think the future pairing that, that is. That
4: seems like a, so, long, like a long question. Maybe we yeah. uh, we carry that onto the Patreon
3: or Okay, cool, cool. All right. So, um, yeah, early, at early by night, if you subscribe to the Patreon, we'll, you'll get your answer for that one. Um, I think that's it. Oh, one one last one is our last 12 30 noon have been pretty poor against Southampton and Leeds. What do we do differently to get a win on Saturday?
4: And it's it's not just a tour thirty kickoff. It's a 12.30 thirty kickoff after international break. We are mm. finished. Asking for we trouble,
5: really, is asking are for trouble.
4: Finished. We are finished. Oh my days! I don't know. You know, take our L and move on.
1: <laughs>
3: I think I think with the I think the Leeds game, um, I think we suffered from the the, the changes. Um, obviously, we we not only did we change system. We, we, I'm not saying the system was a problem, but I think we had a lot of changes to rest players ahead of the Athletic game, so that kind of contributed to it. And the way both teams played, we kind of just cancelled each other out. Have we got a Porto um,
4: game next week as well? Yeah, yeah, we've got a Porto game next week, mm. so we could
3: see something similar. Yeah. yeah. So, mm-hmm. so um, I think, yeah, Southampton, we were. I think I'd say Southampton, we were unlucky because we missed a couple good, really good chances. Mm. But um, what we do differently against West Brom, I think. We just have to really, really from the get go impose ourselves. I think I don't feel like we did that against Southampton to the best of our ability, and we did it for like ten minutes against Leeds, and then we kind of just kind of fell off. Um, so I think we just need to be at it um, all game, um, and yeah, we and I think just being clinical is the key. Um, it sounds so basic, but we kind of we we take long to kill games, um, even the athletic game as great as the performance was, um, and as as well as we were always. In control of the game, um, we took a long time to get. We got the second goal in the 90s something I'm just we it, it, it's our games tend to be 1-0 for a very long time. So I think killing the game off early is, is very very key, um, and then we can kind of look at resting players. and I don't think Tuchel should kind of rest a lot of people from the start. I feel like he should kind of look to killing the game first and then bring the people off. I think yeah. that would be that's key for us winning this game because we can't be complacent. We, we can't afford it, man. Um, so yeah, that's my you, that's part of it.
4: You've you've you, that. Just the way you. There's so many factors. We've got a Champions League game coming up, so people's eyes might be on that. We've just come back from international break, and they decide to put us 12:30. Like when I heard West Brom, I was thinking calm, but actually this is a real uh, banana slip uh, territory. Like, are they doing bad? I haven't even looked. Are they are they doing bad in the table? Uh,
3: but, for them, ninety. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they've been
4: yeah. terrible all, all season, worst, season. But yeah. do, you know, do you know the worst thing is like we don't clap teams regardless like so far yeah. we exactly. haven't clapped anyone and it, like they're a sit back team and we don't do like remember that Wolves game where they just sat back like mm. this is this is actually even a lot difficult than I thought it was a lot more difficult than I thought it was.
3: yeah 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 it's not going to be easy at all because they're just going to camp and protect that goal but um yeah we just have to fight we have to finally man yeah um
2: that's
4: too cool yeah.
3: job,
2: isn't it? That's not Chessie Howard's job bro Yeah They ain't paying us For that yeah, man They ain't paying us For But yeah Just just to wrap up That section up uh, I want sort to of thank You Buzzy Especially for you know. doing The greatest night In the history In Chelsea Football Club European Champion. Trying so, so, uh, to
1: find uh, a way through. Oh, that is magnificent,
2: magical he
1: from Eden Hazard.
4: They
5: just brilliant run
3: by Hazard. Oh, that is absolutely phenomenal. They do threads <laughs> on Twitter and ranting, doing the most. true say that money is power, so when you get money, keep quiet, ghost, ghost. I remember when I shot my shot, but I didn't have got so I hit the post. But next time it's, it's a golden game. goal. And um, it-
4: what we'll do for the what, for the Porto game, if we lose, then you'll get Meads ranting on it. And you know that's gold. If we win, mm. we'll get new Gloatin in it. And you know that's gold. So yeah. Shout win out win, man.
2: Win win. Peace. Nice
3: well. Sports Social Podcast Network.